My name is Christopher and I use he, him, and z, zem pronouns. And my name is Judah. Ooh, I'm kind of loud. <laughs> there we go. We figured it out. And my pronouns are they, them. And welcome to the second episode of Outright News Magazine. Kind of brand new because now we're on episode two. <laughs> yeah. Podcast Speak Out. Uh, it's Trans Awareness Week. Applause. Trans community. Congratulations. You're in the best group. Um, so this episode will be all about the aforementioned trans community. Um, but first, before we get started, uh, we want to say a few words about the current situation going on with workers' rights at the UC system right now. So for the past week, UAW and SRU are made the unions that are made up of our grad students, postdoc workers, and other academic workers have been on strike at every UC campus across California in protest for a livable wage, among other benefits related to childcare and transportation. Um, I myself have been going to the pickets all week in solidarity with our lovely academic workers. Um, and I've been kind of keeping up what's going on. President Drake of the UC system has started retaliation against our workers, um, including the docking of their pay. So as the editor-in-chief of this lovely organization and Judah as the developmental editor, uh, I would like to speak for Outright News Mag and say that we stand in full solidarity with the strikers and urge the, uh, the University of California system to meet their demands. Our TAs, our researchers are truly crucial to the UC system functioning as it does. And it's absolutely devastating that so many can't afford to live in the communities that they're vital to. Uh, we'll be releasing a longer statement in solidarity with them probably next week, depending on how the strike goes. And an article about the strike written by Judah is coming out probably next week as well. Um, but we wanted to get that out of the way and let everyone know that queers who are anti-union, you're doing it wrong. Yep. Yep. Support yep. the strike. If you can help it, don't go to class. If you're forced to go to work, we get it. Don't feel bad, but donate to the strike fund. Support your TAs. Ask how you can help. Um, don't be a scab. Yes. Don't, don't, don't choose those little jobs that look so tempting uh, because they're going to abuse you as well and kick you off as soon as they, you know, try to get the TAs to do their jobs again. But TAs are not backing down until they get what they want. Uh, and all the power to them. Uh, so yeah, uh, but before, even before we get into the main transgender show that we're having today, uh, we want to tell you a little bit about ourselves as members of the trans slash non-cis community. So Judah, you go ahead and go first. Uh, yeah, so again, I'm Judah, pronouns say them. I identify, or I am, not I identify, I am. Non, <laughs> I am non-binary. Um, if you've seen me on campus, my aesthetics change a lot. Um, I like to describe it as I go from femme goddess to cottagecore goblin, depending on my mood. And I've also written about that a lot too. That my my presentation changes depending on how I'm feeling. Um, so yeah, that's pretty much me. Thank you. Oh my God! Thank you, Chris. Yeah. I think this is also like one of the only few like outfits that I have that have like trans pride colors oh, on them. Ooh, like, Also have my cool tent, my cool tent phone case, 
as Fox News feared, it is my whole personality. Um, and I think I make it work. So, yeah, that's a bit about me. Um, and for the main event, uh, we asked for the community to send in questions, stories, anything about transness, uh, and we're here to provide some advice commentary, etc., from two perspectives that have had experience navigating the world as trans and non-binary, uh, as trans and non-binary young adults. Um, so Judah, go ahead and read our first submission. Alrighty, so our first submission comes from Alder, who uses he, they, she pronouns. I messed up the order. <laughs> um, he, she, they. He, she, they. There you go. I apologize, he, Alder. I swear I will get it right. Um, oh, this is taking over. I promise. I'll get it eventually. No, I do. No, it's just um, sometimes. I mean, it also depends on how you use pronouns, too, right? Okay. Everyone, it's like it's interchangeable, and some people are like, oh, I want you to use. I prefer this one, then this one, then this one. Oh, it's arbitrary. Everything's different. But, anyways, I still apologize. Um, so, back to the submission. So, Alder says, so much of the negativity attached to queerness is about or attached to shame. What has queerness taught you about shame in and outside of being queer? I think for myself, I have greatly reduced the amount of shame and embarrassment I feel surrounding just about anything I do, and that queerness has taught me pride and shamelessness about the things that do not need to be shameful, especially where I am the only one shaming myself because of societal expectations I was mentally trying to meet. It's a great breath of fresh air to not care about what other people think about you and your tastes, and to understand that those around you who are completely off-put by what you love maybe aren't the people for you. That's a really good one. Yes, I... A lot, yeah, a lot of the shame that I initially felt as a trans person when I was like freshly six, 16 binary PM uh, in an area where I knew about transness, but the only other trans guy at school already had his transition scheduled. Um, I was like, if I don't uh, strive to medically transition or I don't strive to look as cis as possible, that I'm somehow uh, failing the trans community. Um, and I also felt shame around my parents, which I know now love me unconditionally, which I'm very privileged and lucky to have. Shout out to my mom and dad. Um, it's, yeah, a lot of it is self-imposed. Like, I, I, I was talking about this with you before the show, but, like, a lot of transness, and this isn't like a, if you just think hard enough, all of your problems will go away. No, of course not. Uh, but a lot of... You know, internalized transphobia and shame comes from ourselves or the expectations we think others have of us. Um, and yeah, that beautiful thing at the end about people who feel that way about you are not the ones that matter. Um, and you'll you'll find people who affirm whatever experience you have. I completely agree with that. Um, like, I think there's so much pressure for us to look a certain way that we must, if you know, if you're AFAB, right, you must hate your body. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, there's, um, that you have to hate your body, you have to hate, but then I think, too, that I think so many trans people focus on the dysphoria of it all. Not to say that, like, their dysphoria isn't valid, because it is, right? Like, it's rough. It's rough out here. Some people do genuinely struggle with it. But also, I feel like we should start talking about gender euphoria as a marker of transness. We don't talk about that enough. I feel awesome when people refer to me as, like, they, them. I feel amazing when they use they, them pronouns for me. Um, I'm indifferent on other pronouns. I don't care. But they, them is, like, the top Despite, yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, we gotta stop measuring transness based on how much we hate the gender we were assigned at birth and more on how much the gender that you've chosen or the one that you experience brings you joy. Because in the end, you can transition all you want, you can get all, this, all the surgeries and you can change your name and you can go stealth, all that, but in the end, if you don't find any joy, if you're just trying to remove Pain, uh, in the end, you're just going to find another thing to be dysphoric about. Exactly. It ruins your life. It really does. And of course, it's not always 
uh, although we mentioned a lot of it is self-imposed, it's not all our fault. Like that shame comes from somewhere for a reason. Um, there's a lot of speaking from a transmasculine perspective, although I don't use that term specifically. Um, it's, you know, if a society only treats you well because you pass completely 100% as a man and same, I assume, and even more so because of the violence that they face for transgender people, like, then of course you're going to be insecure and dysphoric about things that you feel are, are gendered the incorrect way. Like, there are TikToks where those, those little things, it confuses trans people and autistic people alike, um, but it's like, feeling like it's about the feminine eyes or you know the, I, I saw a video of voice training like how to make your o's more masculine and i was just like guys please like this is so like gender has never been more fake in that we're policing the way that we say certain vowels because we think that it makes us look more like a woman exactly yeah. it's so a lot of it is pretty arbitrary you know like like my voice. I don't like my voice. I think it sounds way too feminine. I've tried to masculinize it. It doesn't work. It's unfortunate. It's hard. And also, I, I also feel like too, like to put that pressure on yourself to be like, you have to be masculine. You have to be this. You, you have to be feminine. Like, I also feel like that contributes to a lot of people's dysphoria. It's a lot of like Exactly. Exactly. And I've, you know, I follow trans people on Twitter, and there is a lot of discussion about how you should look after you've been on T or E. Um, and a lot of it is so, like, yeah, the milestones, but a lot of it is so. If. A lot of the way that beauty standards for just cis people are so Eurocentric that I genuinely do not think if you're like a person of color, you're a trans person of color, you will never be in those standards, unfortunately, um, just because those standards are racist, right? Like, I, like, I'm never going to be considered at least in the eyes of, like, general society. Like, I don't think I'll ever be considered, like, good-looking. That's fine. I'm not here to... Thank you, but... No, it's just, like, that's just the truth of it, you know? Um, but I also think, too, that also doesn't... I feel like, for me, like, when I see posts like that, and I'm like, oh, I don't look like that. <laughs> like, it makes you feel bad. And you're just like, I don't want to feel this way. Why are you, why are you, like, they don't do it on purpose. You know what I mean? Like, they're doing it because they're venting genuinely about, you know, feeling dysphoric. But then it's also, like, too, like, I've had this conversation with, you know, my roommate who's also non-binary. Um, we've had this conversation before because we had, um, we had an ex-roommate who would, constantly compare themselves to different people and um and would always like call themselves fat that they're never gonna look like a woman and that was all fine and dandy except it like triggered their body dysmorphia yeah. like and me too I was like I'm <laughs> like why yeah, okay. so I feel like it's like dysphoria is such like a double-edged sword and trying to combat it and venting about it is also like a double-edged sword because on one hand yeah your dysphoria is very valid on the other hand too it's like well some of us don't look that way anyway you know like some of us don't look at all like that and like even if you aren't that gender you're like hey that's hey i, I don't like that yeah um so yeah i just think that like i don't know we should be focusing on like the the positives of what we can control. Presentation, a lot of the times, is something we can control. Cut your hair. Cut your hair. Do wear whatever clothes you want. Um, I think that, like, whenever I cut my hair, gender euphoria. Yeah, you wrote a whole article. I wrote a whole article about it. Um, so I think that, like, I 
Oh, yes, you did. Yes, you awesome. did. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it was like it's so, it looks so good. Um, it was a great article. One of my favorites, I think. Um, but yeah, I think like we focus so much on dysphoria that I feel like it just brings out the other negatives in people's lives, and it's like, can we focus? Yeah, exactly. Can we focus on the positives? Um, Yes, exactly, and exactly. 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 I also feel like it puts a lot of pressure on younger trans folks to immediately transition. And obviously, like as we talked about last week, that that's not possible in some places now. And also, even if it is possible, it's like going on testosterone or on estrogen trying getting like your surgeries like those are big decisions like those are not like yeah like those are not huge and i don't want to like be like like i don't want to sound like a turf i'm coming i'm coming from this of like i'm coming from a place of like love because i do feel like so many of us are pressured to do stuff that we might not be happy with because that's what everyone else has done you know, everyone else in the community has done it, so we should do it too. Um, yeah, that was my when I came out. No, that was mine too. That was mine too. I Oh yeah. yeah. I mean when I when I first came out, I, I started my journey a lot later than most people. Um, but I also like when I was first joining like other trans groups, it was always like there was always a pressure there to kind of like physically transition. And I had to like kind of really like ask myself if it was something that I wanted because people would be like, Oh yeah, you can just go to the doctor and go get a prescription and I was like Okay, but give me a second to think on this um, because I don't know if I actually want to do this. Um, I mean, I do, I do want a hysterectomy. <laughs> I do for. Um, yeah, I was like, it's so hard anyway to get a hysterectomy that it's like kind of like wishful thinking at this point. Um, it's actually like there's actually two surgeries that you can get. There's a bilateral salpingectomy and a hysterectomy, which I think both kind of have their like positives depending on like what you need. Um, the sa- the salpingectomy just takes out the tubes, so like there's nothing connecting your ovaries to the yeah. It's just flo- like floating. Um, and then the hist yeah, <laughs> and then the hysterectomy just kind of takes like it, they take your whole entire uterus out. Yes. Because, like, you must be transgender and we're going to groom you, quote unquote, into being trans. 
what we mean by pressure is like because all of those other trans people feel that same shame and internalized yes it's a cycle right so yes they experienced it and they don't know enough at that point to break out of it like as i said it's been five years for me so much shit has been learned like i'm a senior in college now i was a senior when i came out of high school which is like considered late which is crazy to me but like whatever um and it's just like I've learned so much about myself and about the community and what brings me joy and what I want and how I feel about my body and like being stuck in a situation where the only trans representation you have is somebody who and the only person who's like feels happy or feels safe is someone who's like 100% stealth all the surgeries like yeah of course you're gonna feel pressure and it's not their fault but it's also like it, yeah. I mean, it's not their fault. It's the it's the same thing that put you in that position to feel pressured by that person. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So let's go to our. This is such a good. I love this. I'm so glad we got some. Thank you to everyone who submitted. Ellie posted it on my my personal my art account, and I was like, trans is come through. <laughs> they came through. So thank you. Yeah, thank you to everyone who submitted. Yeah. Oh my god. That one will stay open. Uh, we'll, we'll yes, please submit more. more. No, you don't. Um, I'm so sorry that you're 16 and this is the shit that you're going through. No. And I mean, I share a lot of experiences with Oliver. Um, Like I said, my journey started a lot later in life. Um, I didn't start thinking about gender until I was at least 17. Going on 18, that was like my senior year in high school. Um, And... You know, I didn't have those, like, traditional experiences where it was like, oh, I only like doing quote-unquote boy things. Or, like, oh, I I was, like, pretty girl. I still am pretty girly. Girly in quotations. I don't know if there's another way to say that without invoking gendered language. So I apologize. Um, but, yes, I was very, like quote-unquote girly and you know I thought and I do I do have thoughts like this too sometimes where I'm like wouldn't it be easier if I just said I was cis or I let people think that I was cis and it is easier in some regard but also it's like I don't feel cis like if you don't feel that way if you don't feel cis at all then you probably aren't cis like yeah maybe you're trying to tell yourself something but you also don't need to hate yourself like i'm not medically transitioning i don't plan on medically transitioning um because i like my body the way that it is the one thing that i wish i could change is my voice low-key but low-key um i wish it would i wish i really wish it was lower um it's actually like pretty late i don't like listening to myself on recording because i'm like ugh. um 
but anyways, no, for real, like, I just, I can't, um, but, you know, like, I don't bind most of the time, I do do, like, the illusion where I put, like, multiple, like, loose shirts on, so that way my form isn't as, like, tight as it should be, um, sometimes, sometimes I don't, sometimes I say fuck it and show off a little bit of midriff as a treat, as a little treat, a little trans treat, no, for real, because sometimes I'm like, I should, like, if you feel good about your body, then you feel good about your body, you don't need to feel bad about it to be trans or to be non-binary or to be, like, literally anything, like, you could just be you, and that's fine, like, I think, we talked about this again earlier, like, there's so much pressure to change who you are, and you don't have to, to be trans, you know, I've talked, I'm, I've been going through my own, like, journey a little bit more, I've been discovering things that I like, that I don't like, and I realized that there was not a lot of things that I needed to change, even just changing your pronouns, like, as simple as pronouns is so much, it does so much, like, I didn't need to medically transition to feel gender euphoria in regards to my pronouns. Um, so, like, I think if you feel okay, be... You shouldn't feel bad about that. You shouldn't feel bad at all. Um, leave them, yes. Trans meds... Exactly. 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 And like, also leave those circles too, because more often than not, they're also like part of turf circles. <laughs> like they're like, it's the same rhetoric. Like, yeah, the Venn diagram is a circle. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, like you know, you don't need to feel like you should change your body. If you're happy with your body, you're happy with your body. That's awesome. And wear that damn shirt. Go back to the thrift store or wherever you saw it, and I challenge you, I challenge you to, to get it. Even if you don't wear it right away. I challenge, I challenge you to get one thing that makes you feel non-traditional in that way, feminine or whatever type of thing you wanna you wanna show up about yourself. One time exactly. And eventually you'll feel and of course, you know, doing that, experimenting with that, seeing how the people around you react is going to be tough because you're not always going to be with people who are going to support that 100%, but, like, trying to find that little network of people, even if it's trans people online. Exactly. Like, it's That is so important because, you know, I, jumping off of what you said, I don't find, um, I'm very fortunate to have uh, tiny boobs. It's actually funny because... I so I mentioned before I'm disabled. I have a chronic illness called Marfan syndrome, and the body type, the Marfanoid body type, is very thin, very tall, very long. It's actually called like arachnophily something. Oh, what? That is like long fingers and long toes. So I literally have spider fingers and toes, uh, and I also have an um, pectus excavata, which means my sternum goes like this, like in concave. And he goes, well, no. And then I'm like, okay. 
and then I never mind it again. I needed validation from one person that meant a shit ton to me. Also, and that started that that acceptance of the body that I have. My boobs, however small, however big anyone sees them as, I have a man's chest because I am a man, and that's there. You go. That's, that's it. Like I I made a, a piece about it recently where like that's just some someone messaged me and was like I. Have never seen someone with my body before who just has the Markman body type and breasts and is trans and can post, you know, this artwork of themselves that, that, that just shows that they are okay with it. And like having those role models and those friends is, is so important in, in, in exactly. taking that step to, to truly make yourself feel happy. Exactly. Also, Oliver, you're 15. You're 15. Your journey is not going to, hopefully, is not going to end here. You have a whole life ahead of you to experiment. And endless. Endless. endless, endless you, and hopefully, if your family is supportive, if you have friends that are supportive, you will have more chances to experiment. So, like, don't feel pressured to have it all figured out. I think there is a pressure on us to, like, when we come out, to have it all figured out. And that's not the case for a lot of people. Because, you know, there's obviously a lot of decisions. Are you going to, are you going to medically transition? Are you not? Are you just going to socially transition? Where are your new pronouns? What is your new name? Like, there's, ah, it's a lot. It's a lot. So take your time. Take your time. That's awesome. said 2020, it hasn't like, it's, it, that, that two years of your life when you're 15, what is that, like a tenth of your life? Yeah. Like, what? Like, of course, it's going to feel like forever. High school feels like forever, which is why trans kids suffer so greatly when their, like, resources are taken away from them by the fucking government and their families and their mm -hmm. supports. Because high school feels like forever. Exactly. Well, like, you're not going to hate your body forever, and it seems like you're already on that road, which is amazing. And, like, you know, that's going to ebb and flow. Some days you're going to feel it, some days you're not. Years later, you might feel, hey, maybe I'm going to try something different because this doesn't feel right anymore. And that's okay. Exactly. Um, I, like, you know, I'll come out. I don't experience dysphoria really ever because I'm fucking up the top in a lot of ways. And even if people call me, Next is from, hold on, make sure that I have 
the correct one. Next is from Parker, who uses he, they pronouns. Hello, I'm a young trans kid, but my gender is complicated, leading to an interesting personal journey. It was nowhere near as interesting or as horrible as others, but I wanted to share for the trans kids that haven't struggled horribly, but still doubt they need to speak up. Our bad feelings are valid. It doesn't matter how small. I've personally settled on agender, but it's still, it's still complicated. I'm vaguely male-aligned, but two gendered... But two gendered terms still make me uncomfy, such as handsome and beautiful, but my partner, trans guy is she slash they, tells me I'm handsome kind of often, and I don't know how to tell him that doesn't that also doesn't sit right, despite being kind of male-aligned. But yeah, a bunch of my friends are trans as well, and I got lucky with a really good support group. My mom, not so much, though. No doubt in the picture. <laughs> Parentheses, yes, you can call me fatherless. I... <laughs> I... <laughs> <laughs> no, for real. Um, I am technically out to her, but she refuses to acknowledge it or respect name and pronouns. Every time someone uses she slash her, it feels like a stab, even within my safe space. But it's been a while, about three years since I came out the first time, and I've changed names at like five times. But I'm enjoying myself and making myself comfortable through, so I'm doing well, I think. Smiley face. Me, Parker. Yeah, I can't really offer any advice on unsupportive parents because that's a really difficult it's a difficult situation but just know that we support you um and we hope that you do find you know it seems like you have a really supportive circle so like outside your mom <laughs> yeah as for the two gendered terms, I sometimes feel the same way. But also, I just have a uh, conversation with my partner. I'm just like, hey. Like, one time, um, when we first started dating, I was using she, they interchangeably. And then I was like, he asked, like, he asked me, he's like, oh, how do your pronouns work? And I was like, oh, you can use them interchangeably. But then eventually, I just, I cut the she, they out. And I was like, I just want to use they, them. Um, and, like, he was very respectful about it. He uses they, them now. Um, some, he does, he does, he does. He, he slips up sometimes, but that's, like, it is what it is. I'm not going to be, like, I'm not going to harp on him about it. I mean, I have, I've been, like, yeah, he knows, yeah. Um, and he does correct himself. So, Yeah. It's just like sometimes you just have to check yourself. I do it. I do it sometimes too, and I have to be like, no, those are not correct. Um, so yeah, I mean, like you just have a conversation, just like, hey, I don't like it when you call me handsome. I think it's too, it's too gendered. Can you like find something a little bit more gender neutral? Like, oh, hey, you're good looking, or like, you're attractive, sexy, something, you know. <laughs> yeah yeah don't no don't don't use sexy but you know find you know genders just gender neutral terms for like a lot of different things um yes there probably is yeah um so yeah thank you for your submission parker oh my gosh Yeah. Word, yeah. But like sometimes those conversations are necessary, you know. Yeah, and like if your partner like really like loves you, like they will be like and are supportive of you, they'll be like, okay, and then move on. Yep. That's it. I will say that, like, I do get kind of, like, like when I had to be, like, can you just use they, them? I would got, like, really clammy and, like, sweaty because there is, like, a nervous, likeness, right? Because, like, yeah, you don't want to, like, really start an argument with your partner. Or, yeah. You're just like, ah, ah. But he was just like, okay, and we moved on. Um, and yeah, so our, I think our third to last story 
comes from someone named Meg. So their question is, is it transphobic to not accept yourself as transgender? Um, short answer, no, but we'll read <laughs> your story in a little context. Uh, in, I discovered the term transgender at the age of 12. It definitely resonated with me. I finally had the answers to the questions I had from the experiences that made me feel alienated. I began exploring the term as well as other identities. I started identifying with all sorts of things and constantly switched things. Eventually, I grew to believe that I won't ever find the right label because I truly felt like nothing. Nothing felt right and I believe nothing ever will. I get tired of constantly feeling as if I needed everything figured out. If nothing feels right, why don't I just identify as female? If I can't deal with the discomfort of the gendered society and the consequences of having to come out to finally feel free, why don't I force myself to conform? And so I did. I internalized the thought of being female, and now that's truly, that is who I truly am supposed to be. No matter how much it mentally pains me to tell others that I go by she her pronouns, no matter how much it mentally pains me to check the female box on forms, and no matter how much it pains me to walk into public women's restrooms, I do it anyway. It's been years since I started forcing myself to fit in. I don't feel any different from when I first started. And I still can accept the fact that I'm not transgender. That is... This sucks. I'm so sorry. Yeah, it's... That's why I didn't introduce them with pronouns, because I'm like, I don't want to... Yeah. I don't want to feel so bad. Like, I mean, I think I there's a YouTuber, Cat Black. I think I, I talked about this last week, where she talks about how a lot of people have detransitioned in the wake of anti-trans laws because it's safer. And so I think there is a nerve-wracking a nerve-wrackingness of be, just being trans in general. Because um, in a world that's really accepting you, you wouldn't have to worry about this. Yes, you wouldn't have to feel like you have to conform. Um, and, you know, you don't have to find the right label. There's sometimes there's people who don't have labels. And I think, like, I think there's so much pressure on us to find a label that fits. And it's like, Sometimes I don't want to label. Sometimes I just want to say my pronouns are they, them, and that's it. Sorry. That's it. Sorry, that's what it is. Um, ooh, I accidentally hit the mic there. Um. <laughs> yeah, I, I'll, I'll say my, you know, one of my very, very probably my closest friend also has not figured out what pronouns he was. And he, came, he realized that he was non-binary or not cis uh, earlier than I did. I think he said he was in middle school. And he still hasn't figured it out. We're 21 years old. And you know, the the best I'm I'm trans. Like I I know the pressure of, of wanting to feel like you're locked in this little box that's perfect and it's perfect you size, but sometimes that just doesn't happen and you are not alone. You are not the only person who's exactly um and it's it's really hard to let that go. And I I know, you know, two random trans people on not how podcasts aren't going to convince you to completely change your life, but as I said with some of the others, challenge yourself to just say, I'm not cis. You know, maybe I'm not changing anything outwardly. I'm still doing those things that make me uncomfortable because I don't know where to go from here. But remember and consider that you do not have to change anything to know that you are cis. Even if you want to choose, like, it's, it's not really your choice to not you know what I mean? Like you feel kind of stuck in that position. Like even just starting by saying, you know, and you know what? Like you, you telling us this story, like you are not cis. You know, <laughs> like even though you tell us like you're conforming, you're like, I feel the same way I did. I don't know how old you are now, but all those years ago when you were 12, when you were in middle school, that shows to us and just shows that you are not cis. No matter, even if you don't say it out loud, you know in your heart of hearts that that is the case and that's why I challenge you say it out loud sometimes mm-hmm. to yourself you know and, and try to make yourself um, safe so, exactly um, even if you just like I said earlier dude, online friends are such they come in clutch clutch yep yeah like sometimes you're like even if it's your
your best friend, you're like, shit, I don't want to tell them. Like, this is too much. But if it's, you, you know, find someone online who has a similar experience or, or who has been through something like that and can be like, just there to, to be like, hell yeah, you're firm. I love you. Yeah, I mean, like, I've met people in all all sorts of walks of life who have affirmed who I am, and, like, I do sometimes feel that pressure to just, like, conform, but then it's like, I don't want to. I don't want to. It's really, like, there's, there's, transness is nothing, inherently transness is nothing more than feeling that you're different in some way than what you were assigned at first. Yeah, if you, know, you know, say you're not cis, I'm not going to question you. Yeah. You're not cis. Okay. Okay. Fuck yeah. Like, yeah. I met, you know, there's, we have a, there's a trans, trans UCLA pride here at UCLA. It's like a closed group for trans and non-binary people. And I'm sure plenty of people in that space have your same experience. You're like, this yep. is the only space where I can say out loud, I am not cis. But everywhere else, I am forcing myself to conform because that is how I... I, I'm, I'm pushing myself to be and, and they're not villains, you are not a villain, you are not a, a betraying the trans community. Your question originally is, is it transphobic to not accept your trans? It's not your fault that you are mm-hmm. not accepting yourself as trans. As we mentioned earlier, like, there's so many forces that, like, push you to do what you're doing and it's so clear that you're uncomfortable with that. And, you know, even if, you know, you could tolerate it, um, that doesn't mean that Something clicks someday. You meet someone, you find, you know, a friend online who really pushes you and, and really connects with you in that. Or, you know, you find a hobby that, that you, fills you with enough passion that you feel you can be yourself or something like that. Um, even if you change your name every day, if your pronouns change every day, if you don't use pronouns, if you just use a name, if you don't use a name, you're just like, refer to me as a person. Whatever. Like, there will be people, as we keep saying over and over, that will accept that. And there are actually a lot of older trans people who, like, if you look at, like, the trans survey over the years, like, a lot of people don't use pronouns. And a lot of people only go by their name or, or you know, mix it up or whatever, aren't binary um, or are very fluid. And, and that's, hell yeah, that's great. Um, and yeah, there's actually a response, again, from Alder that I think will be very validating for you particularly, Nick, um, or whatever your name will be in the future. Um, and he says, shout out to everyone who doesn't quite know how to identify, to those who have found flexible labels, to those who know exactly how they feel and who they are, to those who use one label now that they will drop later for another that feels more fitting. Shout out to those who aren't included in this list, to those who never find themselves included in this list. Shout out to those who know exactly what fits to those who have been within the queer community forever, to those just finding the community, to those who haven't found themselves a part of the queer community yet. Welcome back, welcome, and we can't wait to meet you. That's so sweet. Thank that you. is really exactly sweet. That. that is so important. I love that. Um, it's amazing. Let's move on to our last, because um, I think we only have time for one more. Okay. So there let's was, move on. There's a comment about intersectionality, but I think Maybe we can do a whole episode. Yeah, we can do an episode on that some For anyone who's not watching the video, I am a white man, very important part of my experience as a trans person. And um, I am a brown person. <laughs> yeah. Um, very complicated. Yeah. It's in the last five minutes. But thank you, person who asked for us to acknowledge that. That is this Trans Awareness Week. Be aware that, as they say on TikTok, not every trans person is a hairless white twig okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, the universe is expanding hopefully hopefully um so the last submission is from kelly he uses she her pronouns and it's actually a really sweet story to end on because i don't want to end on such dork topics so she writes among lesbians it's a common experience of a really intense homoerotic friendship in your youth that ends in an epic messy friend breakup In my case, I started with an intense homoerotic friendship, but instead of it ending messily, it changed into something better. My friend came out as a trans man. He's MLM and I'm WLW, and we've been ultimate besties ever since. 13 years total. That's awesome. Over a decade. 
No, for real. I adore my best friend in the trans community. Y'all are the best. Heart, little heart emoticon with the greater sign three. It's like, I don't know how to do the heart. It's like, oh, you can do this one too, but I like doing this one. This one's cute. Yeah, the finger one. It's like, Kelly, we love you. Um, thank you for sharing that. It's such a nice note to end on. You know that there's people are a lot more accepting than what we see on the news, what we see on the internet. I think there's a lot of people who are more accepting, and there's so many identities now that kind of you know cross with each other that it's just like I think the community has the queer community overall has been very welcoming and it's really nice to see like it's really nice to just see like a friendship just blossom and I don't know it's really sweet Honestly. Oh my god, I have a I have a peach remote that's like the lesbian flag. It's like oh. really nice. Oh, so yeah. But yeah, so thank you all for listening. If you didn't hear your story as we mentioned earlier, don't worry. We will get to it in a future episode. Uh, if you'd like to submit something for us that you'd like us to talk about on air, please fill out our little Google form at tinyurl.com slash submit to speak out. That's tinyurl.com slash submit to speak out. You can follow Outright News Magazine on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and Facebook at Outright News Mag. And check out our articles on outrightnewsmag.org because of all of our new interns. We have like three to four articles. Yeah. It's fucking sick. Uh, and that's right spelled W-R-I-T-E because it's a pun. Um, and remember, don't cross the picket lines. And watch out for our fall 2022 print, Satanic Panic, coming out November 28th. Uh, we will not be having an episode next week because of the holiday break, but we'll be back on Friday, December 2nd. And regardless, I have been Christopher. And I have been Judah. And we'll see you in the next episode of Speak Out. Goodbye.